0: Join with me for the next few minutes while I share with you a series of thumbnail truths that the Lord has laid in my heart to leave with you in these strange and difficult times. My thumbnail this afternoon is taken from 1 Peter chapter 1 I want to read to you from verse 9 through to 12. Let's hear the word of God together. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Now as I've pondered this text of scripture, I was thinking of this. What is the greatest subject in the world? Suppose I was to stop individuals in the street or go round house to house visitation and ask people, what's the greatest subject in the world? Some people might say to me, how to become rich so that they could be like a millionaire or a billionaire, especially in this threatened recession climate. Others might say, "Uh, no, um, the greatest subject in the world is, is how to be famous. They might want to be a footballer, or a pop star, or a movie star, or some other high-profile celebrity, maybe even a fashion designer. Others might think, no, uh, how to be satisfied and, and, and well-off, and, uh, and they might think about a, a job like a doctor, or, or a scientist, or an architect, and someone else might come along and say, no, uh, how to be happy and content. Do you know if I could bottle contentment, I think I'd become a millionaire or maybe even a billionaire for that matter. Because there's a terrible lot of discontented people in the world. Discontented relationships, discontented marriages, discontented in relation to job satisfaction, discontentment in a thousand and one other areas. It was the Apostle Paul that said, I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content." He also added this let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, for he have said I will never leave you nor forsake you. So let's go back to that question. What is the greatest subject in the world? I'm going to put it to you that it's, it's none to do with riches. It's nothing to do with with, um, having uh, job security. It's nothing to do with being happy or content. It's nothing to do with even being famous and and having prestige and recognition by the world. The greatest subject in the world is found in our text. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. I put it to you, that is the greatest subject in the world. Did you know that the Old Testament prophets who were full of the Holy Ghost, who prophesied of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, the Holy Spirit within them prompted them to search diligently as to the meaning of their prophecies. That They searched diligently for a deeper and a greater understanding into this uh, sublime subject. The holy angels elect those who hadn't sinned Um, unfallen creatures uh, who who had had no prospect of salvation or no need of salvation. Even they desired to look into this subject. I I can see them stooping down their ear, casting their eye down, beholding even the uh, sinful mortal man looking into this subject. Remember that the uh, angels that did sin, uh, were told or delivered unto chains of darkness, reserved unto judgment. There was no plan of salvation for them, and yet God the Father, in the great council chamber of eternity, in the covenant of redemption with God the Son, entered into an agreement. Uh, to send the Son into the world. And the Son would come into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. And all that would put their faith and trust in him it would be gloriously saved and experience uh, this uh, wonderful truth, the salvation of their precious souls. The Holy Spirit is the executor of the Godhead. And and after the Lord Jesus was sent in a mission of mercy, remember his incarnation, his sit- Virgin birth, his sinless life, his atoning death, his bodily resurrection. The Holy Spirit, after Christ accompanies redemption, takes that redemptive work of Christ and applies it in our hearts and lives, bringing about true, genuine repentance and creating within us genuine faith as the Word of God is preached. Let me just stress to you the good news of your souls. The Bible tells us here the salvation of your souls. Remember, God took the dust of the ground and fashioned a human body and breathed into that body the breath of life. And the scripture tells us in Genesis 2 and 7, man became a living soul. That man was called Adam, the first man. And the word Adam means not only an individual, but it means mankind, it means humanity. Remember, he is the federal head of the human race. We can trace our lineage back to him. We're not just bodily creatures but but we have an immortal soul remember the Lord Jesus said what shall a man give in exchange for a soul or what shall a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul your soul is the most precious thing you have your soul is housed inside that body of yours and your soul it needs to be saved and can be saved Uh, Think not only of the importance of your souls, but think of the instruction uh, for for your souls. Whenever I read on here in verses 10 and 11 and 12, I I read about the grace of salvation. You see, the the Old Testament prophets, they prophesied of, of the grace that was to come. What is grace? Someone has said it's God's riches at Christ's expense. That's good, but it's more than that. Could I tell you that the grace of God is the undeserved, the unmerited favour of a holy God to criminals and lawbreakers? As John Murray pointed out in his definition in one of his Banner of the Truth books, it's to the ill-deserving. In fact, it's to the hell-deserving. You see, the grace of God is 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 a gift and it's nothing to do with law-keeping. It's nothing to do with works righteousness. It was um, Titus that said not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he has saved us. You've got to think of the grace of salvation streaming towards you but think also of the ground of salvation. These same prophets full of the Holy Ghost See, the Holy Ghost was in the Old Testament prophets. So being full of the Holy Ghost is not just a a New Testament truth. It's an Old Testament truth because these prophets were inspired by the Holy Ghost to make this prophecy. And what did they prophesy about? The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should be revealed thereafter. Think about the sufferings of Christ. Think about his person and work. It does not bring us to Calvary doesn't that bring us to the place of the shed blood? Think of his physical sufferings, his mental sufferings. Think about his spiritual suffering. Think of that cry from the tree. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I love that text in Hebrews 10 and 12. But this man, speaking of Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. And that's the ground of salvation. It's not the church that saves. It's Christ. As I said, it's not a works righteousness. It's not, it's not about law keeping, it's not about keeping a code of ethics, it's not about keeping the Ten Commandments, it's not even about joining the church or obeying the rituals and having the ceremonies of the church uh, engaged in, it's about receiving Christ and putting your faith and trust in him. That's the true ground of salvation. Peter said, "Uh, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Could I also point out about the glory of salvation? Which shall be revealed hereafter. You think of the great doctrine of Christ's bodily resurrection and his bodily resurrection guarantees our resurrection. His ascension to glory guarantees that one day we too will be absent from the body and present with the Lord and that we will enter into a glorified state. Not only will our souls be saved, you see whenever death happens the soul leaves the body and the soul goes to one of two places. It either goes to be with Jesus Christ in heaven uh, and enjoy the bliss of heaven or, or it goes into hell and awaits the final judgment, awaits being thrown body and soul into the lake of fire. Remember the Lord Jesus said, Fear not them which can kill the body, but rather fear him that hath power to throw both body and soul into hell. Do you fear God? Do, do you know that, that your body one day will be put into hell? Do you know that one day your soul in that body will also end up in hell if you die in your sins without Jesus Christ. Could I also think with you not only of the importance of your souls and not only of the instruction for your souls but I want you to think of the inquiry for your souls. Here's these prophets and they searched diligently about these prophecies. What did they mean? Who were they for? They were for us of course but they were also for them at that particular time and even though they didn't fully understand them all then what they did was they prayed. They, they, they searched diligently. They began to think. Someone has said, I think it was Wilder Smith. He who thinks has to believe. Will you think right? Will you think biblically? Will you allow these truths to fill your mind? I go back to my premise. What is the greatest subject in the world? And I want to put it to you this afternoon. The greatest subject in the world is the salvation of your souls. And no other subject takes precedence over that. No other subject comes near to that because that's the most important subject in the world. And young people, if you're listening to me, it's not about becoming rich. It's not about being famous. It's not even about being satisfied. It's not even about being happy and content in relation to relationships, although that's important. But what is important is the salvation of your souls. I commend this to you, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. God bless you and thank you for listening this afternoon.